I love having people in the room. 715, how are we feeling tonight? Feeling good? Feeling good? Man, I'm so excited to be with you tonight. We are starting a new series. Come on. New eight-week series called Come Alive. Somebody say, Come Alive. alive. Now say it like you're alive in Christ. Say, Come Alive. Come on, man. For Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, you were dead in your trespasses, but I have made you, got, but Christ has made, you are now made alive in Christ. Come on, I love the scripture so much. Woo, he says in Ephesians, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This is who we are as the church of Christ. We have not been called to a life in darkness and a life in shame and a life of fear and a life of hopelessness. We have been given an inheritance of a kingdom of light and life. This is what we have and this is who we are. And so for eight weeks, we're going to look at what we, the church, are how we move, how we breathe, how we live, how we accept and, and, and walk in the inheritance of life that God has given us. Jesus writes, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And we're going to dig into that. It's going to be an eight-week series, eight-week praise party, eight weeks shouting and stomping and calling down heaven and at least that's what I'll be doing when I'm preaching because I'm fired up about this series. The message tonight is called God is Life. Someone say God is Life. Come on, you didn't know it was an interactive message tonight, but it absolutely is. If we're going to look at our inheritance uh, that we have in Christ of life, when we're, where we are alive to his purposes then we're going to look at the originator of life, the author of life, the giver of life, and where this generates from so that we can understand how we can walk in it. Because if we want anything of lasting worth in this earth, it's got to be given to us by an everlasting source. If we want anything of lasting value, of lasting worth, of lasting purpose, it's got to be given to us by the everlasting source by the everlasting one. So we're going to see tonight how the author of life is the creator of life, is the giver of life, and how God is life. So before I start preaching, let me start teaching. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. You will find it on page 1 of your Bibles. Open the cover, and you are there. And I'm going to read a couple verses, and we're going to look at where life comes from and how we receive it. Genesis chapter 1. This is my ESV study Bible. Look how big it is. Look out, this thing is great. You talk about a workout, Heather. I'm going to be lifting this thing tonight. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Let's stop there for a second. Let's just pray for a minute before we dig into this. Father God, Lord, I invite you into this moment. Holy Spirit, we want to hear from you. Come, speak to your people. Have your way in this moment. Illuminate this text to us. Let us see what is in this that we have never seen before. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 1, you have God standing at the moment of creation. 
And what's before him is described as formless and void and dark and deep, or in other translations, an abyss. And I don't know exactly what that is, but can we agree it's not great? Yeah? Is that a place you would go for a picnic? Okay. Is that a place you would take your children? No. Okay. Thank you. It is dark and it is formless and it is void and it is uninhabitable, unstable space. And who is there? God is there. Somebody else there too. God is there, but it also says the spirit of God is there, which I think is interesting that it delineates God and then, and then, the, and then the spirit of God. God at the moment of creation and the spirit of God. And what is the spirit of God doing in this moment? It's in your text. He's hovering. He's hovering almost like a bird over the waters. And he's waiting. It's like anticipation and expectation. Something is about to happen. You have the spirit of God hovering over the face of the water. So, so what, is, what is the spirit of God? What is the spirit? In the Hebrew the word used for spirit is ruach. Say ruach with me. Ruach. Yes, I only use Hebrew words at 715 that have that KH letter so we can all clear our throats together. It is, it is ruach. Ruach. Yes, you guys are great at this. It's used uh, two primary ways in scripture, a couple, a couple le- uh, more minor ones, but two primary ways. The first way we see it is as it's used here, as spirit, as the spirit. And we're going to figure out what does, what does that mean? What is, what is, what is spirit? And there's another way that it's used in scripture often. And uh, the best way to think of it is if you go out on a cold winter day, which thank God it was beautiful today and it's been very nice. But when you go out on a cold winter day and it's icy out and you go like this, what do you see in front of you? You see your ruach. You see your ruach. You see your breath. That's the word that we use in English. That is your, that is your breath. And you can see it. Every living being has, has ruach. And what is breath to us? If you're at a pool and somebody is laying face down in the pool or somebody is laying next to the pool and they're not moving, what is one of the first things you're going to say? Are they breathing? Is he breathing? And you might have to administer CPR because, because breath is, is life for us. Breath is life for us. So you have, the, you have the spirit of God, the ruach of God. And it, is, and it is life. It is life in this moment. And, 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 and Apple knows this. My iPhone knows this truth, that breath is life. I recently joined Team iPhone after many years as a Google Pixel user. And people always clap when I say this. And I'm just here to say that if you use Android, Samsung, Google, I love you, I accept you, your life has dignity, value, and worth. And there is nothing wrong with your cell phone choice as opposed to what those people think. But I recently joined Team iPhone um, after many years. And on my anniversary this last Saturday, my wife got me... No, Apple Watch, okay. So kudos, shout out Michelle for the Apple Watch. And the Apple Watch is really funny. It does a really funny thing I never would have thought it would have to do. But my Apple Watch will remind me to breathe. 
which isn't something I thought I needed, just to be honest, but Apple seems to know better than I know. So a couple times a day, this will buzz at me, and I'll check it like Pavlov's dog. What is it? And a little blue circle will come up, and it will say, do you want to take a moment to breathe? And it'll take me through a breathing exercise. It goes something like this. Would you do it with me? We're, we're participating in service tonight. And you at home who are watching, you're not out of this either. We're going to all breathe in together. It's going to be slightly longer than you're comfortable with. And then we're going to breathe out when I say breathe out. So breathe in. And out. Let's do, let's do one more. Breathe in. Breathe out. Did you feel that? Even in just two breaths. Did you feel calmer? More focused? More relaxed? That was two breaths. Deep breathing releases endorphins. It reduces stress. It can reduce your blood pressure. It can help you manage chronic pain. It can reduce depression symptoms. Deep breathing produces... Life and health. And we need sometimes to be reminded of this. Breath is life. Your ruach, your ruach is, is your breath. So you've got God standing at the moment of creation, the spirit of God hovering over the waters, the breath of God, the spirit of God, the life-giving, creative force, energy of God is there. And what happens next? Read verse three. So much content in this Bible. Verse three is literally on the second page. Love it. Verse three. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Okay, do, do this with me. One more exercise. Put your hand right in front of your face. Let that, maybe your top finger can just, maybe just touch your nose. If you're wearing a mask, this might not work. So maybe you can go inside your mask. But if you're wearing a mask, actually, it will work the same. Just, you won't feel it. And all together, with our hands in front of our mouths, let's say, let there be light. Did you feel that? How many of you smelt it? Okay, if you smelt it, we have mints at the coffee bar after service. If you're watching at home, go ahead and brush your teeth real quick. But did you feel what was on your hand? When you, probably when you said B, B, you felt what? You felt your breath, your ruach. How did you release your ruach into the world? You spoke. How does God release his ruach into the world? He speaks and God said. The word of God releases the spirit of God to accomplish the work of God. This is what is happening in this moment of creation. The word of God is going forth. The spirit of God is moving. And darkness is now filled with light. And formlessness is now structured into heavens and earth and land and waters and green things are coming up and birds are flying and animals are crawling because the word of God releases the spirit of God to accomplish the work of God. His breath is life. This is the primary thing 
we see the Spirit of God doing, at least at this moment, on page one of our Bibles. So we see that God has ruach. We see that every living thing has ruach. We know that we have ruach. We have breath. We have life. We have spirit. But where do we get our spirit from? Where do we get our ruach? So turn over to Genesis 2. And we're going to read verses 5 through 7. And we're going to see where we get our ruach from. Genesis 2 verses 5 through 7 says this. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground, then the Lord formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature." So God has created, but he hasn't created anybody to tend to his creation. And so he scoops up from the earth a handful of dirt and he molds it and he breathes his spirit into the dirt. And it becomes a living creature. Our Ruach. Our breath, our life, our spirit is a gift given to us by God. We are dirt and divine breath. Can dirt by itself produce life? No. It needs a seed or some water and some sunlight. Could dirt have within it elements to create life? Might dirt be a good environment for life to spring up? Absolutely. But it needs a catalyst. It needs something inserted into it and cultivated within it. Our breath, our ruach, at our moment of our birth, as we come out, do do we grab that breath for ourselves? If you've had a child and you've been in that room and you've seen a newborn baby's first breath, it's like, Literally watching something come from death to life in a moment. Because it comes out, they come out not not moving until, and then it's game over from there. (laughs) But when they have that first moment of breath in life, how does that baby get that? It's given to it. It's a gift given to us. And so here's what I want to say. At this moment, if your life and the very breath that you breathe, the source of God himself, the spirit of God is given to you as a gift. If it is divinely breathed into you, maybe, maybe God has a reason for that. Maybe he's got a purpose for that. You don't think that maybe that when God scooped up dirt and inserts his divine breath into it, he didn't have a reason for doing that. For Adam, 
Well, he's got a reason for doing that for you. He gave Adam the garden and authority over it to have dominion over it to take what God had created and given to him. And then for Adam, for us to cultivate that, to tend that, to take the garden and produce, I don't know, neighborhoods, streets, schools, irrigation systems, art, theater, music. All of these beautiful things that we bring into the world. We are dirt and divine breath with a divine purpose. There is a thing that God is seeking to accomplish with us. He did not give you his breath to waste it. He did not give you his breath for no reason. He breathed his ruach into you and into your family for a purpose, for a reason. Because there is more that God has for you. There is life that he is giving to you. The spirit of God is breath and life. And the word of God releases the spirit of God to accomplish the work of God. And the breath of God the ruach that we have is given to us as a gift because we have a purpose. And let me show you this in two stories here. We're going to flip now over to the New Testament. So uh, look up in your phone or if you've got your Bible, flip to it or read on the screen. Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 26. And this is going to feel really funny for a lot of us. Because this is a Christmas passage, and it's June. Um, but just go with me. Uh, Christmas, Christmas in July, Christmas in Kenya, Hannah Beth, sponsoring children. Luke 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how are you going to do all that? <laughs> how? How, Mary says. How will this be? I, I'm a virgin. How, God? How can this purpose be accomplished in me? I lack the conditions for life to flourish. How, how can what you're saying happen in my life? Because I am void and I am empty. And I don't have what it takes to produce what you're saying to me. How? How will you do it? And the angel answered her. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Do you ever think it was interesting that the angel didn't say, God will come upon you? He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And now we know why. Because the Spirit of God is in the business of entering dark, chaotic, void, hopeless environments and cultivating life in the purpose of God in those spaces. So when the angel says how, the spirit of God is how. He's going to come upon you and produce life within you. And the purposes of God will be fulfilled within you. And she becomes pregnant. And Jesus, as we know, is born, conceived by the Spirit. And turn the page. You don't have to read it with me. I'm just going to highlight a couple things. In Luke chapter 3, verse 21, Jesus, now being baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist, as he comes up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and what descends? The Holy Spirit in the form of a, almost like a bird hovering over the waters. It is the Father communicating his love and affirmation and acceptance of the Son. And how does he do that? Through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. From that moment, Jesus goes into the wilderness. And what does it say in Luke 4 verse 1? Jesus, full of the Spirit was led into the wilderness. He goes toe-to-toe with the devil in temptation. He comes out on top, having conquered it. He strolls himself right into the synagogue. He opens up the scroll of Isaiah and reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me. Why? To proclaim good news, to set the captive free. To fulfill the purposes of God. This is the power of the spirit of God. He enters your hopeless, helpless, lifeless, void environments. And he brings life to them. And he reinvigorates and repurposes and rejuvenates those areas of our lives which we think are dead. What in your life? Are you looking at now and seeing no hope, no life, no purpose, no chance, a marriage, a child, your finances, your career, what God is doing and cultivating even within you as a person we just did a whole bunch of weeks on mental health? Are you going, yeah, that was great and I'm still kind of where I was. Is 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 there any hope? For me, but this is what the Spirit of God does. He enters those environments and he breathes life on them. And the purposes of God can be fulfilled. As we are full of the Spirit, as we are led by the Spirit, as the Spirit of God is on us to anoint us, to accomplish the purposes of God in our life. You can be born again. And not walk in the spirit. Jesus was born by the spirit. And he walked in the spirit. Paul says keep in step 
with the Spirit. It might be some of us tonight or watching online that we are, we are born again, but we are not walking in the Spirit. The breath of God, the power of the Spirit has not been realized in our lives. Let me look at one more story and then we'll be, then we'll be done. Luke 8, keep going over a couple more pages. Luke 8, we're going to start in verse 49. It's about a man named Jairus and his daughter. Verse 49, Luke 8. While he was still speaking, while Jesus was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. So we can gather that this man is waiting to get a word in with Jesus, waiting to see Jesus. And someone from his household says, hey, your daughter's dead. Let it go. Don't bother him with this. Verse 50. But Jesus, he hears this, and he answered him, do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the child, 52. And all were weeping and mourning for her, but he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. They laughed at Jesus. They laughed at him because they knew that he was dead. I don't know the situations you're facing in your life or your family or your marriage or wherever. I don't know what you're believing God for. I'm sure you're believing God for something though. I'm sure there is some need you are seeking Jesus on in your life. An answer, a word, a direction, something to be revitalized, something to be broken off of you, something. And I don't know if you look at that situation and you are like the man from the ruler's house who says, let it go, it's dead. Nothing's gonna happen. Just leave it alone. It's hopeless. And I don't know if you're like those in the household. That when Jesus or something you read in your Bible or something you hear in a message speaks hope and faith to you. If you laugh at that. And you go, but you don't know my situation. You don't know. (laughs) No, it's not for me. I don't know if that's you. Or I don't know if you have faith to do what Jesus did or to believe that Jesus will do for you what he did for Jairus' daughter, which is to take her by the hands, it says in verse 54. But taking her by the hand, he called to her, saying, Because the word of God releases the spirit of God to bring life to dead situations. He takes her by the hand and he says to her, child, arise. And it says, and her, and her spirit, her spirit was returned to her. Her spirit, when God spoke to her, her spirit was returned to her and she got up. Once more, at once she got up. 
I don't know if that's you. The word there for arise is egero. Egero. It's a Greek word. It means to awaken, to cease from sleeping, to arise, to come awake, to come back to life. And Jesus, maybe in your household or your situation or whatever you're believing God for, is taking it by the hand and he is saying, Eguero, 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 arise, come to life, wake up, stand on your feet and believe that my breath And my word has power and authority to look at a hopeless situation and speak life into it. And for that to stand up again, to rise and to walk at once. What is he saying? Egero. Egero. Arise. Arise. And if you look... At our world, maybe you see darkness and chaos and brokenness and void. Maybe you look at the reputation of the church in America and you see chaos and division and hopelessness. Maybe you look at your relationship and you see Chaos and formlessness and confusion and death. But the gift of God to his church by the spirit is the word of God that goes forth and brings life where there is chaos. He brings order where there is darkness. He brings light where there is division. He brings beauty and hope in a word. Arise, come back to life, get on your feet and come alive. This is the moment church for us to walk and to desire more of the spirit of God, more of the breath of God, more of the hope of God to do in us what we ought to do in the world, which is to see brokenness and speak healing to it, to see chaos and speak order to it, to see what is ugly and marred in the brokenness of a sinner and speak beauty and life and dignity and worth and value to them and to speak the word of God over them. If we receive the spirit, we receive the life of God, the breath of God, the ruach of God, the creative, personal, knowable presence of a holy God. I have two applications and I want to invite our worship team to come up because I think we're going to sing in response to the message. How, how do I access this power? How do I access the Holy Spirit? I have two ways. They're very, very simple and very easy. You may have even heard them before, but let's put this message in context for us. Let's put it in reality. How do I receive this power, this life, this breath of God? First, you receive it 
by the word of God. This one, the big one, the study Bible, the one that you crack into and you read and you look into it. R.T. Kendall in his book, Word and Spirit, he says this, simply put, releasing the spirit is having the courage to do what God tells you to do. You wanna see the spirit of God in your life? Read your Bible, know your Bible, obey your Bible, do what it says. There's a lot of good advice in here, a lot of good wisdom in here. And if we would walk according to the word of God, we would see the reality of the presence of God and the spirit of God in greater measure in our lives. Secondly, how do I access this power? Well, you receive it. In faith, in faith, you believe and receive it. In John 20, would you guys stand to your feet for me? You just stand up for a moment. In John 20, says this, when he had said this, when Jesus had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus to his disciples. You want to receive the Holy Spirit? In faith, you believe. And let Christ breathe. Breathe on you. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you've never sought the gifts of the Spirit, if you've never sought the real presence of the Spirit of God, the breath of God, the Ruach of God, which manifests the fruit of the Spirit and is empowered with gifts of the Spirit, I want you now, just in faith, believe that this is something God has apportioned for you. That the reality of the Spirit of God can be realized in your life tonight, right now. And if that's you, would you pray this prayer with me in faith? In faith. In faith, believing that the same breath of God that brings order out of chaos and confusion and darkness is the same God today that can breathe in this room on your life and produce in you the fruit of the Spirit. Self-control, patience, gentleness, love, joy, peace, hope. I did them out of order. But believe in faith that the gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, prophesying, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, can be your reality right now. I don't see any reason why it couldn't. If we believe, if that's you, pray this prayer with me. You can say it out loud. You can say it in your mind, however you want to do it. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to baptize me right now with your spirit. Enable me to know Christ better. Empower me with the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And endue me with any and every spiritual gift that you desire that I have. In Jesus' name, amen. And we are going to worship God with our applause. We are going to worship God with our prayer. And we are going to worship God 
with this song. And we're going to believe if that's you, you've never prayed in tongues, believe God, maybe this is a moment you do that. If you're believing for, for some gift of the Spirit, maybe now is the moment you're pressing into God and believing that that is your reality in this moment right now. Let me pray, and then we're going to sing and blow the roof off this place. Father God, without your breath in our lungs, we are nothing. We don't have life. We don't have, have hope. We don't have destiny, and we don't have purpose. But with one word of yours, Lord Jesus, if you would call to your church, Egero, and call us to rise in this moment, and if you would breathe your breath of life, your divine ruach over us, we would come alive in a way we've never seen before. And we would see in our life the glory of God be made realized and manifest before us. We would see dead things come to life. We would see hope spring eternal. We would see something we've never seen before, but only heard about become our lived reality. God, we need it from you. In this moment, Lord Jesus, come blow your breath on your people. We want more. We want more, God, and we want you. Would you be glorified in this place? Would you be worshipped in this place? And will we just lift a shout of praise to our God in this moment and let him know that we believe in faith, that he's good, and his faithful love endures forever. We want more of you, Jesus.